everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy of the summer. Hank, I am your father. What? Nah, I'm not. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson is hilarious. What the mother father spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury, only in theaters this Friday. Rated PG. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and our growing family of broadcast affiliates right across Canada, the United States, Central America, the Caribbean, South America, the Pacific Rim, Asia, Africa, and Europe. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, Exxon Radio TV at Hotmail.com and our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My first guest tonight, Exxon Nation, is Peter Wolford. He is the author of The Genesis Grid. And in this bombshell discovery, already reviewed and agreed to by several PhD qualified academics in the UK, it's shown that Genesis Chapter 1 has been built on the first 31 digits of Pi the world's most mem- uh, memorized number. Furthermore, it is shown for the very first time that there's actually a pattern that exists within the digits of pi. Joining me now from the UK is Peter Wolford. And Peter, always great talking to you. How are things in the United Kingdom? Not too bad, Rob. Excellent to speak to you again. And I do apologize for having a bit of a frog in my voice today. I, you know, you're excused. That's all I can oh, say. thanks. Peter, there's been a bit of a debate on Pi lately, and uh, you, uh, I was wondering if I could take you, get your take on it, especially since it reflects onto your book. I think it does, uh, Rob. And there's a chap called Michael Hartle who uh, describes himself as a notorious mathematical propagandist. Mm-hmm. And since uh, about a year ago, he's been pushing hard for a number to replace Pi. This number is called tau, and it's spelled T-A-U, and tau is basically 2 pi. And what Michael Hartle is arguing is that uh, a number of mathematical formulas become simpler if you simply take out 2 pi and put tau in instead, so that everybody knows that you mean 2 pi. And he's advocating that all the school textbooks be changed and that pi be basically just completely forgotten and got rid of forever. 
Um, I don't like that suggestion because, mm -hmm. as you know, and you said it earlier, that uh, I have shown that uh, the number 3.14159265535, etc., forms the basis of the first 31 verses of the Bible. And uh, that's a pretty shocking fact. And uh, in the several years that I've been touting around the academics, mm -hmm. nobody has been able to show me that that isn't true. And uh, I'm hoping that eventually this will become mainstream news. Now, what Michael Hartle will think of that, I do not know. Now, you know, everyone realizes that academia does not change anything overnight, that even though Christopher Columbus did not discover North America, according to the history books, he still did. So why does this guy think that it's going to change so simply in the world of mathematics from pi to tau? It's remarkable, especially that pi is the most popular number in the world, and people have memorized mm -hmm. it. I don't see them switching to tau. Furthermore, not all formulas look simpler by eliminating 2 pi, because there are some formulas, like the surface of a globe, for example, yes. where pi appears on its own. So he's not right on that. And I don't know where this hostility comes from, but it's strange that it comes out just when my book does. Hmm. Coincidence? Let's talk about this when we come back from this commercial break. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Peter Wolford's our special guest. He is the author of The Genesis Grid, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon, and Peter Wolford and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue investigating the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology and all topics in between here in The Exxon. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits, and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. We all desire health, happiness, and fulfillment, but often get in our own way. 
Repeated patterns that leave us out of control can keep us feeling powerless, frustrated, and unable to move forward in spite of our best efforts. Unconscious patterning disconnects us from our gifts, often destroying the very thing we seek. But there is an answer. We can take charge of our destiny and heal the trauma of our history. Shamanism is an effective ancient modality that can reconnect us with our true selves, empower the creation of our dreams, and return us to health and balance. Cody Alexander is a certified shamanic practitioner and teacher with 11 years experience. Email healingpathways33 at gmail.com or visit codyalexander.net to schedule a long-distance shamanic session today. Welcome back, everyone. Peter Wolford is my special guest to this first hour of tonight's show. He's the author of The Genesis Grid, his website, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. And uh, you and I were talking about how this mathematician uh, wants to change from pi to tau. And how is the scientific and academic community taking this proposed change, Peter? Difficult to say at this stage, Rob, because it's early days. There have been a number of reports, mm-hmm. different people chipping up, chipping in, I should say, to the media with um, suggestions about Tau. Um, not so many scientists, but quite a few reports about what they're saying. I don't detect yet a, a, an enormous groundswell of opinion. And really, when you think of all the other things happening in the world, it, it's a pretty trivial matter. It just fascinates me that it comes up when my book comes out, that's all. Not that I'm suggesting these people have necessarily read it. I'm sure they probably haven't. Mm -hmm. The book is not yet particularly well known. Uh, But it it is nonetheless, I'm inclined not to believe in coincidence in in these matters. If this formula is changed from pi to tau, what do you believe the global implications would be? And how easy would it be to turn things around? I don't really think it has any global implications other than the fact that it would serve to possibly obscure the discovery mm-hmm. that Genesis chapter 1 is uh, built on pi. But of course, to be fair, that is still not well known. My claims are not well known. I have not been on the mainstream media. And this is a self-published book. is obviously one that is selling steadily, but at a steady low level. Uh, and... Um, you know, I, I, I'm, my plans for it really is that it should grow organically. I'm not looking for a quantum leap. Mm-hmm. Neither do I believe that this is going to be a quick, easy success. Uh, the amount of prejudice against anything to do with the Bible is considerable. And uh, so, in a way, I'm inclined to think that this uh, Tao phenomenon is a little bit of a storm in a teacup. If I'm honest, I don't think it's going to make a great deal of difference to anybody in the near future. What would be the implications with your book, The Genesis Grid, and how would this affect your calculations? It wouldn't change the calculations, Rob, because tau is 2 pi. Mm-hmm. So really, it's just simply a matter of, if you like headline news, I mean, I would simply present, if I was forced by some legal edict to mm-hmm. stop referring to pi, which could is unimaginable, uh, then I would simply re- have to refer to tau over two. Uh, but I can't see that on the horizon. I don't really think it makes much practical difference, and I don't want to pour, pour too much cold water on the story, because right. it is a story, and it is worth talking about. But I really don't see it making a huge difference to anybody at the moment. If anything, it plays into my hands, I think. How? 
because I think that if I can infer, even if it's not true, that uh, people are trying to smother my discovery, uh, then you have a situation that you had uh, Elvis Presley singing about a moment ago. Suspicious, suspicious minds, minds. Yeah. Now, do you think there's a natural connection between the release time of this this uh, proposed change from Pi to Tau and the 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 uh, success that your book is starting to have? I can only guess, Rob, really. Um, as I've said already, I'm, I'm not inclined mm-hmm. to believe in coincidence, and I think that uh, this Tau thing rearing its ugly head now, as it has, um, the timing is too close. I mean, it's, my book came out last April, basically, and within a couple of months, out came this crazy idea of, of banning pie. So... It uh, doesn't look like a coincidence to me, and I'm inclined to think, and I, I think from you know, some of the ideas we've discussed in the past, mm-hmm. that uh, everything in the universe seems to be connected to everything else. So even if people are not consciously aware of what they're doing, there may well be some kind of cause and effect going on here. But other than that, I could it's really only speculation. Last time you and I were talking, Peter, you were discussing an event that 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 how how can we see it uh, is going to happen or or could happen this September? Yes, what I've highlighted in my book is the fact that um, there seems to be a progression. Firstly, as you know, and I suppose I should briefly begin by telling the story that back in two thousand and three, there were some very strange power cuts, and mm-hmm. I kept all of the newspaper cuttings. The first was in New York, and it was a massive one. It actually went right up into Canada, if you recall. Uh, it was the first of eight massive power cuts over a very short period of time indeed. These were power cuts spread around the globe in far-flung places like Kuala Lumpur, where they've got brand-new electrical installations. They never get power cuts there. Right. Very disruptive and inexplicable power cuts. One in London, which uh, shut down the underground. It was front-page news around the world, as was the New York Cup. And the last one was in Rome, which again was front-page news around the world. The entire Italian peninsula blacked out 56 million people. But the timing of it was astounding because it blanked out the Pope's most important ever public conclave in which he was ordaining 31 cardinals. And that coincidence was so striking that I made a note of all of this. And uh, the long of the short of it was that when I investigated, I found that the eight power cuts, in fact, appeared on the globe in such a way as to draw the number eight. And that leads to the, the comment you've made uh, that, uh, you know, that there might be something coming up. Now, what I extrapolated was this, that the, the last of those eight power cuts fell on a specious day, which is actually biblically highly significant. It's called the Day of Trumpets, and it is the central point of a simple set of seven days, which are given in the New Testament, Old Testament, and they reoccur in the New. So they're across the whole Bible. And these are these form a, a, a these form a program of religious observance. The central point uh, is all the all the points on this on this system are actually determined by the Hebrew calendar, not the Roman calendar that we have today. So the point is that in fact this this power cut on the Pope was right at the centre of that pattern, which was a date in September 2003. The funny thing was that four years later, when people started queuing up for their money, 
outside the Northern Rock Building Society. That happened exactly according to the calendar system, the Day of Trumpets, exactly four years later. And it even happened in the night. And people were queuing in the dark before the shop opened. So it was actually at exactly the same time as the Pope's bow cut. That went on to be the catalyst for the history's greatest financial um, disaster, greater than the Great Depression. And, and that's what Charles Bean said, deputy head of the Bank of England. And it's also what the, the Fed guy, um, uh, Ben Bernanke, said recently, too, that it, it was even bigger than that. Uh, so when I saw that occurrence, Rob, when I saw that there was an exactly a four-year gap between the two, immediately I thought, aha, maybe those two points form equidistant nodes, the first two of a set of three equidistant nodes which lay out a pattern of eight over eight years of time, wow. if that's intelligible. Is that, is, that, is that a clear explanation? Yeah, yeah it definitely is, Peter. It definitely is. Yeah. So, so taking those three nodes, and if mm-hmm. you were thinking to yourself, oh, well, I, want to, I want to send a sign to somebody, I want to create a pattern in time, how would you do that? Uh, if you were out to, to create a pattern in time of eight, surely you'd, you'd use eight months or eight years, and you would have three equidistant nodes. On that basis, this September the 29th, Perhaps something will happen to complete the pattern. But if it does, it has to involve the same theme as before, which in fact was fraud and deception. Fraud and deception at the Vatican, fraud and deception involved with the financial crash. That was the root cause of it. So I would be looking for the same thing. I would be looking for fraud and deception, worldwide front page news, something being presented, perhaps as it, something that it's not, perhaps some political development, diplomatic development, right. economic development. Now, in, in the Genesis grid, was there any mention or any notice of what is happening in the U.S. today with the, the debt deal that was just passed uh, today, earlier today, how it's affecting the, the fall of the stock market, the uncertainty, and what looks to be the fall of the United States? Yeah, the book talks about the Germans. There's a, there's a chapter about the Germans, in fact, which uh, suggests strongly that they are the modern descendants of the ancient Assyrians, the world's most warm-like nation, mm-hmm. and that they will once again attempt to assert themselves on the international scene. And my speculation has been all along that the Germans will supplant America as the number one nation. I think they already have by by default. And I've got here today's times newspaper it says the humbling of america that's the headline it says uh, vladimir putin russian prime minister yes. accuses the americans of living like parasites off the global economy right. fairly strong language very strong very strong yeah. Yeah. what is the what is the general feeling amongst the people in the united kingdom who are looking and seeing what is happening in the United States. What does the man on the street have to say about it? Or is it a non-event, basically? I wouldn't say it's a non-event. And I think our own market, if yours is tumbling, mm-hmm. for the U.S. market, that is, is tumbling, our, our own will be as well. People are very worried about the economy over here, and house prices have been quite um, 
subdued for a long time now in this country, which is unusual, partly because of anxiety at what's happening to the world economy. A lot of people are talking about gold and buying yeah. gold, which they don't normally do. There's a lot of fear and tension in Europe and uh, in this country. And really, the epicenter of their fear and tension is not so much the euro, although that has been, but what the heck is going on with America? It's looking to be an ungovernable country, hopelessly polarized between the rich and the poor and between the bohemian liberals of San Francisco mm -hmm. and the you know the hard nosed uh, sort of you know right wing religious we are saved you are not kind of people who are uh, you know okay they've got some good points they're against tax increases Peter stand by we've got to take our news break we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the X Zone with okay. Peter Wolford don't go away This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone radio show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone broadcast network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. And welcome back, everyone. Peter Wolford is our special guest this hour here in the X-Zone on the Talkstar Radio Network, X-Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and XZBN. Peter, uh, one of the first times you were on the show, uh, we, we discussed in detail the Genesis Grid. And, and one of our listeners sent us an email asking you 
asking us if we could get you to explain uh, how you came across the concept that the first chapter of Genesis is actually built on the first 31 digits of pi. There are several steps to that, but the beginning of the discovery was the insight that the two main personalities of the Bible, the Father mm-hmm. and the Son, are tagged with the prime numbers 11 and 7. So that's the first insight, and that came to me by reading a book by Bullinger, W. Bullinger, who was a British um, expert who wrote several books about the Bible about 100 years ago, and he made that observation himself, but he couldn't understand why or what it could mean. What I did was I I showed that it is actually um, explained by the fact that the sun and the moon Mm -hmm. are both also tagged with the numbers 11 and 7. And in so doing, there is in fact a secret structure to the Bible which um, consists of this grid of six numbers called the Genesis grid. I called it the Genesis grid. Um, So that was the first thing that I had to discover. But then when I went... um, to look at pi. The reason I looked at pi, incidentally, was because within the grid, when you look at the way it's laid out, there is the implication of a circle. It's, um, it's, it's really by way of clues and hints, but it's there. So on the basis of that, I went looking at the number pi, not mm-hmm. tau, no, but the number pi. And when I looked at the number pi, um, I noticed in a book that I bought for about 50 pence in a charity shop on the subject of pi, that the, when the numbers were printed out, that the eights were misaligned, and this was just a printing error. Right. And there, in the first 31 digits, there's actually three eights, and they're misaligned, and they actually, in this book, they were proud of the other numbers. And I thought, that's odd. Someone's got a problem with their printing machine here. But it drew my attention to them. And then when I dwelt on them, I suddenly realized that, in fact, the uh, the numbers enclosed by those eights form two sets, which are indicative. Uh, and, and from there, I could see that actually that those 31 digits fell into four segments. And when I compared them to Genesis 1, I could see that the structure of Genesis 1, with the description of the various things that happen, also naturally falls into four segments. And when you compare the two, there's a perfect match. So that's really how it came about. Is there any evidence, Peter, that there is uh, a higher uh, consciousness, a higher awareness within the creation of the Bible than could have ever been um, thought of or created by people of that time in this planet's history? Is is there is there any any proof of alien, for example, intervention or alien um, assistance? Well, there's no proof of what it is that has inspired it, mm-hmm. except to say that when you understand the book as a whole, I think then that gives you a suggestion of what the true answer is. And at the end of my book, I sh- I give the two scenarios: is this uh, on the one hand, are these people deities, mm-hmm. or are they another species? that is part of the fabric of the universe. Uh, and I show my conclusion. But uh, what I have proved, beyond a shadow of doubt, is that the book itself is inspired because the Genesis grid pattern appears in 11 places uh, across the Bible. Um, I'll give you one example. One of the things that people are quite interested in is the tabernacle of Moses, which mm-hmm. is a sort of a, a little hut, really, like a little hut with a fence around it. 
and this funny little tabernacle with the, with the fence around it, when you look at the dimensions of that, and the numbers of strips of cloth around the outside, and the numbers of strips of cloth on the roof, you realize it's the grid. It is virtually the Genesis grid. Well, in fact, it is. I mean, all the numbers of the Genesis grid are represented in that structure. I didn't discover that till 2006. So, um, but it went into the book. So really, there are so many things like that in the Bible that clearly this, this, this grid pattern has been embedded. Now, you might say, well, human beings could have embedded it deliberately. But no, because the thing is that when you see the way in which it's been embedded, you would have had to know the numbers of pi. You would have had to know the digits of pi. Uh, and they didn't know it back then. They didn't even have a decimal system in the days of Moses, for example, when Genesis was written. It is humanly impossible that the Bible could, could have been written purely by human beings. Uh, it was obviously was inspired by someone or something. Is there any place on this planet where the, the theorem of the Genesis grid cannot be applied? The theorem? The, the, yeah. Well, when you say cannot be applied, I'm not sure quite what you mean by that, but I will mm -hmm. say this, that the grid pattern does appear in a number of places. Mm -hmm. For example, the laws of music contain it. And if you look at the piano, you'll find that the piano is remarkably similar to the structure of the grid. It contains 88 notes. It has all of the defining numbers of the grid appearing in obvious patterns within the um, intervals within right. the piano, yeah, you know. Um, another thing is the periodic table of elements, where you'll see silver and gold. Uh, their atomic weights are in proportion with other elements, which actually form a pattern indicative of the top line of the grid, eleven, seven, and one. That ratio therefore actually appears twice in the periodic table of elements. Uh, and there are other ways in which there are laws of eleven in the laws of maths that I've shown in the. Uh, appendix of the book. I've kept some of the really detailed stuff to the back where people don't have to plow through that if you want to get the main story. Mm -hmm. But really, the, the Genesis grid is, um, you know, it, it seems to be omnipresent, really. What has the, the, um, the religious, the religious um, students, the, the religious members of the Ministers, clergy. Yeah, that's exactly. Said about the Genesis grid. They don't like it. I had a review from uh, an American organization. I shouldn't give their name really over the air, but they have a newspaper, and they actually asked me for a copy to review it. Mm -hmm. And their review was extraordinarily hostile, um, and I think crafted as carefully as possible to prevent me having anything that I could use that would be beneficial. But in fact, there was something beneficial that is quoted on my website, uh, the words popularist hysteria. And I think that really sums up their opinion of the book, which is as far from the truth as it could possibly be. Uh, and uh, I've had the book reviewed by six PhDs, two of whom were outright hostile towards the Bible, but could find nothing wrong with this. And their list of objections will be published in, the, in addition to there are 18 objections they had, um, 16 of which were completely childish and, and facile, really, uh, two of which were sensible, but the whole lot will be published. Basically, they couldn't find anything wrong with it. Uh, the other four uh, were not hostile. I would say one was positive because he believes in the Bible. The other three were business-like, neutral. They all said, yeah, you've got a pattern. So... Um, 
you know, whether they're hostile or whether they're not, either they admit that there's a pattern or they admit they can't find anything wrong with the claims. So, you know, it, it's hardly popularist hysteria. Why do you think people in the 21st century would would not look up to any possible explanation of of a a force behind the Bible or a deity behind the Bible that could, that could be proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was this uh, this influx of information from a, a force, a, a deity, uh, a being, an extraterrestrial within our yeah. own within our own development. Why why yeah. do they fear this so much? Well, I think. Uh People do fear the truth, and uh, most religion is not based on truth. Mm. It's based on a story to comfort people. And, of course, as you know, most people choose their religion on where they're born. Yes. This was uh, Richard Dawkins' objection, the demographic objection to religion, that um, people are believing what is believed in the place they were born, which is a very mm -hmm. arbitrary way to choose a belief system. So clearly we're not, as human beings, we're not particularly rational about what we believe and I don't expect people to all fall over backwards and say how wonderful this discovery is. Clearly not. However, I think if it went out through a mainstream publisher, it would attract a great deal of attention. But um, it's clearly not supposed to happen that way. This is a slow, steady build-up. Um, and I'm happy with that. And I'm happy to continue to um, observe what's happening. And as I've said to you earlier, this September, a lot of things are, are coming together, which could very well complete the figure of H. Shall I tell you what they are? Yes, please. Several things. Firstly, the Pope is visiting Berlin, and I've talked before about the secret partnership between mm -hmm. the Germans and the Vatican. That goes back at least a thousand years, and the evidence for that is incontrovertible. Uh, then the other thing that's happening as background to this, actually, is that the uh, Westerwell, who was a top German politician, I forget his role in the cabinet, was severely reprimanded, and I think he lost the, the chairmanship of the party, actually, because he commented on a crusade against Iran. The truth sort of popped out there accidentally, the crusade against Iran. This is the backdrop to what's happening in, in going to be happening in September, I think. Uh, also, there's been this year a peace arrangement between Fatah and Hamas, the two Palestinian factions. They've got together, they've done a deal. This May, uh, Abbas, the Palestinian president, was in Berlin, I believe, taking his orders from Merkel, who he had a long meeting with. The Pope's in Berlin this month. He visits on the 24th, sorry, not this month, in September we're talking about. And I think it's about the 20th of December, uh, September. He will be there for four days in Berlin. That's a massively important visit, state visit. Um, then we have, of course, Comet Elenin, or Elenin, mm -hmm. which the tale of which we pass through on the 27th to the 29th of September. Now, that could result in all kinds of northern light effects, but not in the north. You know, it could be some very interesting things because of that comet, which could, you know, disquiet people. Um, then another, yet another very interesting thing happens because Germany's most popular erstwhile politician, a man called Karl von zu Gutenberg, who incidentally is worth 800 million euros in inherited wealth at the age of 39. He will be trying to make a political comeback this September at the CSU party conference. Gutenberg was forced to resign as defense minister in March when it was shown that he had 
falsified his PhD thesis. He didn't need a PhD to have a job in politics, but he wanted to have a PhD so he could be one of the lads. But he didn't want to do the work. Maybe he didn't have the brains, hmm. but he pinched other people's material. And he got caught, and he was forced out of office. So, and he was denounced as a liar by professors, I can't quote their names to you, but I can certainly look that up, who were saying publicly, you know, German professors saying, you know, Gutenberg, you have lied to the German people. So he was disgraced, and he had to leave office. But he's going to be making a comeback this September at the CSU party conference. He's after the top job. And I believe he'll get it. And I think that, for me, the fascinating thing about Gutenberg is that he is now branded forever with fraud, just as the other, the two previous nodes of the figure of eight involve fraud. I think that Gutenberg will be involved in some way in the fulfillment of the third node of the figure of eight in time. If it doesn't happen, I have a lot of egg on my face. So what we if it does happen, then that will be... Quite exciting. So, so what are we seeing here, Peter? The uh, history repeating itself? In terms of the Germans, I think yeah. that, you know, or, or anybody, I think yes and no, because history, of course, never exactly repeats itself. I think that, uh, you know, this time around, German supremacy will not involve jackboots and, uh, you know, hectoring speeches from, from uh, tyrants. Right. I think it's going to be a much more gentlemanly affair. I think that this chap Gutenberg is a very suave man, and uh, if he does indeed turn out to be another Hitler, he will have a different style, uh, but the substance will be the same. Exonation, Peter Wolford is my special guest, and uh, Peter is the author of The Genesis Grid. It's a great book. I've had the opportunity of reading it, and it, it opens your eyes. It also gets you to ask questions. And what you find yourself doing is having pieces of a puzzle that you may have had in front of you for years finally making sense, and you can actually put the puzzle together. Peter Wolford is the author of the Genesis Grid, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast 
podcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. Exonation, uh, Peter Wolford is our special guest this hour, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. He's the author of The Genesis Grid. And uh, Peter, before we went to the... The commercial break, we were talking about uh, Gutenberg and, you know, how he was exposed as a fraud uh, when he, uh, you know, on his uh, PhD thesis. And now, because of his $800 million, it looks like that he's actually going to be going back to power. We know the Pope is visiting Germany. And is there a possibility of an alliance between the Pope and Gutenberg? And if there is, what does this mean? I think it's likely because, in fact, Gutenberg's father is a musician He's, in fact, a conductor, and uh, the Pope is a pianist. And Gutenberg's father and the Pope are mm-hmm. very close friends. And presumably, Gutenberg knows the Pope well, as the son of one of his close friends. Gutenberg has 11 Christian names. I've never met anybody with 11 Christian names. No. He is an aristocrat, and many of those Christian names indicate the sort of lineage that he has. So he's uh, really at the top of German society. He is, as I've said before, Germany's mm-hmm. still Germany's most popular politician, although he's not in office at the moment. The Germans love him, and they would love to have him, have him back with his glamorous wife. So I think that um, what we also have to remember about the Germans, and the Pope, as you know, is a German as well, so they've got two Germans there potentially going into league with one another, I think. Um, the Germans don't mess around. They, one must give them credit. They are audacious, and when they decide to go for power, they they have a, this sort of blitzkrieg approach, don't they? We saw it in, in, in the lead-up to World mm-hmm. War II. Um, so I would expect some pretty powerful things to happen this September. I think one thing we could speculate about is the Middle East. I think it's highly likely that these two, and of course the Pope has an interest in going to the Middle East, an interest in having his uh, headquarters in Jerusalem one day, um, the two may very well con- uh, collaborate on a diplomatic initiative to seize from America the uh, role of peacemaking in the Middle East, and from Tony Blair for that matter, although he's a Catholic and may well be involved too, um, and get something going, because there's only one nation in the world that's best friends with both Israel and the Palestinians, and that's Germany. As always, Peter, time goes by so quickly with your when you're with us. Uh, let our listeners know how they can contact you and how they can get a copy of the Genesis Grid. 
Yes, well, the website's the best place to go to. Um, and in fact, if you just Google the word Genesis Grid or two words Genesis Grid, uh, you will see that we're up there in first position uh, with several entries. And you can click on those and find out. You can get extracts from the book. You can read reviews on the book. And you can see the best place to buy it. The cheapest place at the moment is Author House website, Author House. Peter, take care, my friend. Always great talking to you, and I'll be looking forward to talking to you as we get closer to the September deadline. Look forward to that, Rob. Take care, Thanks my friend. Bye-bye now. Exo Nation, Peter Wolford has been my guest this hour, www.genesisgrid.co.uk. Once again, that's www.genesisgrid.co.uk. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break and the news at six and a half minutes past the hour. As we continue here in the X-Zone from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send an email, X-Zone at com, And if you'd like to get the podcast, they're always free and available for you at Apple iTunes or com. I'll be back on the other side of the news. Don't go away.